Welcome back to the Shed of Basketball Truth. It is Ball Don't Lie Studio 3. Very interesting show this week where we'll talk a little bit of boomers. We'll talk a little bit of Hall of Fame action. Of course, we've got to talk NBL 1 National Finals. Last week, we spoke to Courtney Woods uh, with the Wizards heading over. And of course, we spoke to Jason Ralph with the Ipswich Force heading over. But there's another important gentleman we need to speak to, someone who's going to the National Finals for his first trip. The man, the myth. Well, not not really the myth at all, but definitely the legend in John Guana. Mate, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Very excited to be going out to uh, WA and joining the rest of the NBL One North crew out there. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Definitely should be. Uh, if anything, it uh, it's probably going to be even bigger and better than last year, with all the you know last last little bits of COVID and stuff that we were sort of dealing with, uh, and ticket sales look way up. So should have big numbers in watching the games, and of course huge numbers on the stream. So should be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be good, especially you know being on WA. A couple of you know there's four WA teams, so I'm sure that's definitely helping with the ticket yeah. sales, but. Super, super amounts of talent to, to be at in WA. And yeah, I'm really honored and, and excited to be part of the commentary team out there. You, you have to give me some uh, tips and tricks for uh, what to expect when I get out to nationals. Definitely can, mate. Definitely can. Uh, just have fun. Most yes. important thing. Right. Just have fun. <laughs> easy. <laughs> easy. I always do. So that's easy. I could take that for sure. And uh, this might be the big, you know, my, my big tummy talking, but get as much free Tucker in, in you as you can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I've never walked past free food that I didn't <laughs> enjoy. So uh, anything free will, will go over well with me for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, a couple of things we'll jump into. Um, of course, Hall of Fame class has just been in, uh, inaugurated and they've, they've had their speeches. Was there, um, was there anyone who really stood out for you? Have you got some fond memories from this year's class? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say super fond memories. I'm a New York Knicks fan. I grew up in New York. Uh, so we don't get to see a lot of people inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, <laughs> from my team, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Dwayne Wade is probably someone who stands out, not necessarily for uh, – I'm not a fan. I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll be honest with you. You know, there is that New York-Miami rivalry. Uh, but Dwayne Wade was one of those guys that came out of college. He was a little bit older. He was part of that class with LeBron James and, you know, he was the elder guy. He, he was the elder statesman of that draft class. And to come out and have that immediate impact that he did, I think, was something that was really special. I don't know if you remember back, you know, his first NBA finals. Mm -hmm. He really just exploded on the scene there. I mean, obviously, he had a great year that year. But the NBA, the NBA finals was, was something that I'll always remember because he was the running mate with, with Shaq. And, and it was just amazing to see him really step up in that arena and with the championship on the line. Uh, so, you know, I, I can't like him because he's a Miami Heat guy, but I can respect the game for sure. And how could you go past Dirk Nowitzki, right? The one yeah. foot fadeaway baseline, you know, the seven footer shooting threes. He really doesn't, I think, get a lot of credit for the evolution of the big man in the NBA and really across the world now. And uh, for me, you know, that is something that stands out. Again, he, he didn't come into the league and really explode. He 
they were patient with him. They developed him. They didn't try to change him into a traditional big man, which I think is something that was happening a lot back in those times. Uh, but they let him play his game and, and play to his strengths. And you know, to stay with one club for your entire career is a huge honor. And, and you don't see that often either. So you know, for me, Dirk is someone who is, I consider a game changer, uh, not just with the NBA, but, but the international game and, and basketball in general all across the world. You know, he was that guy, sort of the the bigger guys would, you know, as soon as you do that step back fade, it, <laughs> you know, uh, that really ages you uh, as someone who grew up watching that. But yeah. even even now, whenever I do anything remotely look that looks like it, you know, some of the older guys I, I do play with, sorry, all gone for the Dirk fade. It's like me yeah. and him are nothing alike. I'm sorry. We are just, I literally was falling backwards and put it up. We are completely yeah. different. <laughs> completely different yeah. but it you, is you, so, you sound like me on the cord for sure <laughs> <laughs> we would be a dangerous uh two 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 man game for sure oh yes yes i i'm a i'm a dangerous uh very dangerous in at the bar afterwards for sure that's that's yeah that's, my, that's where my play. strengths lie as well <laughs> uh mate looking at the boomers squad obviously they're they're just winding up the fourth uh fourth quarter here tonight against uh brazil as we record but they're down to that last 13. Obviously, a lot, a lot comes down to Jock Landau and how, how injured he's going to be, how quickly he's going to be able to bounce back. Should make it. Someone's going to be cut. But what are you feeling going into this? Uh, what are you feeling going into this World Cup? How do you think? Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think, you know, there are so many great players internationally uh, playing in the NBA, but it's so good to see some of the NBL guys getting getting an opportunity also. You know, we've seen guys go from the NBL, get some boomers minutes, and then sign a professional contract in the NBA like a Jock Landale. Uh, I'm really excited, though. I think this group certainly can and should be competing for a medal. I know, obviously, they're still going with the uh, the GVO, Gold Fives only. And I think it's a realistic opportunity, but everything's got to work well for them. They don't, you know, they can't, they can't afford to have injuries. They are deep for sure, uh, but injuries to some of their key guys could really set things back. And I still do think that they're going to need Patty Mills to be Patty Mills like he is on the international stage, which he always does. Uh, but you know, it's a little concern because he is getting a little bit older. Uh, but I'm really excited to see Josh Giddy with the ball in his hands. He is someone, obviously, who is just getting better and better every time he steps on the court. And he's showing at the NBA level that he can be an impact player and I think Australia really needs him to be an impact player on the international level as well. And I really do think that his game suits the international game as well because he is a big, strong guard. He can push the ball in transition. He can attack the rim. And, you know, he's got some decent shooters around him as well. So hopefully Giddy can have the impact that we all expect and, and want to see from him. And, you know, I think there is that, that veteran play uh, and guys who have been there and won that bronze medal. And, they got a taste for the podium, and, and I think that's going to really spur them to go a bit further this time. I'm hoping that they can win a gold medal, but as we know, and, and I'm not saying it because it's my where I'm from, but you know the U.S. is always going to be strong. They're always going to be the team to beat. And uh, I don't necessarily love uh, a matchup or how Australia matches up with the U.S. Mm -hmm. in some aspects, but I think there are things that they can certainly take advantage of to beat the U.S., so... Uh, I'm hoping to see a gold medal. 
Uh, but it's going to be a great competition. And, and again, how lucky are we to have so much basketball talent here in Australia? And I do also want to just quickly say I was really disappointed that my guy, Will McDowell-White, didn't get a, a look in because I really think him being part of the camp will definitely help him. But if he was able to make that roster, I really thought he could have had a great impact on that group coming in off the bench and, and just a great experience. But, you know, he's still in the mix. At least he was there in contention, and hopefully he'll he'll get a currency the next time. Yeah, well, I was on the uh, up in the north <clears throat> radio station up in uh, Northern Territory, and that's exactly what I was saying. Like, you know, really hope it could happen for him um, because he's – how much have we seen from him lately? He's really been putting in the hard yards and it's been really coming off for him. And could he have gone that sort of next level? Look, we'll never know. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed, fingers crossed for the Boomers. And obviously, look, World Cup is an opportunity for other teams when it comes to uh, the American team. They've, they've got a bit of a lock. Yes, it has to be said <laughs> on uh, that Olympic goal, but the World Cup, there's been some opportunities over the years. So we'll just have to see. We'll have yeah. to see. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But again, Australia is up there with the best teams and they have a great shot at, at a gold medal. And I, I love what they do. I love the culture that they've built. And I think that really counts a lot in those tournaments. So, you know, I, I'm excited to see what they can do when, when they get out there and, and the World Cup starts. Definitely. Well, mate, one of the first questions we uh, normally hit our guests with is where did basketball start for you? Now, obviously, if you're from Australia, it's who's your junior club, but uh, in New York, boy, that's that's a little <laughs> bit different. So where did where did your basketball journey start? Well, to be fair, I've never actually played basketball. I always used to play casually with friends, but I did always love the game of basketball. Um, my uncle worked for NBC Sports for a really long time, and Back when I was a kid, they had all of the NBA games. Uh, we'd, we'd spend every holiday with my family. And a lot of times during the season, my uncle wasn't there. Uh, he'd be out traveling the road and, and producing games. He was a cameraman and audio producer. And uh, I just remember one time he came back and he brought me back this. It's this massive. It was like an 800-page NBA encyclopedia. Nice. And he gave it to me. And... I must have read that thing cover to cover at least, you know, a dozen times. And I just was really infatuated by it ever since then. More of a fan than anything. Uh, obviously, you know, like I said, I never played organized basketball. I was never in a team or anything like that. Uh, but that's probably where it got started. Just watching it on television and, and being a fan and having that somewhat close connection to it through my uncle. Nice. Uh, look, did a little bit of research uh, into you. Can, can you tell me a little bit more about the WMCX On Air Award uh, from back in your days in, was it Monmouth? Monmouth? Monmouth Ma yeah. University, yep. yeah. Yeah. Well, well done. I'm impressed. I don't know how you found that. That was a long time ago. <laughs> well, like I said, uh, I, I try to do some research. I do try. <laughs> I'm impressed, very impressed. But yeah, no, that's how that's how I got started in the commentary. So I went to Monmouth University, which is a small private school on the Jersey Shore, and um, they had a student radio station. And I walked in there one day, just thought, oh, I'll have a look around. And uh, back when I went to uni, the student radio station was the only coverage that the sports teams had at the school because it was a small Division One school. Uh, and yeah, I just put my hand up. I, I went out there and I started to produce the games 
back in the studio and eventually that was that we did things you would produce and then you'd get to do commentary you do color commentary and then eventually play by play and um uh i walked in i think it was probably like the first or second week i was at school and i did the student radio station the whole time i was at uni eventually i became the sports director and yeah we won uh we won a national award for some of our coverage for monmouth university basketball we're really lucky to uh, win our conference tournament one year. So the call that I had on that winning championship game was on ESPN, and we submitted it, and that's what won won the award for me uh, and my co- and my colleagues at the time. So really, really great memories. I actually was there uh, last this time last year. I was at back at Monmouth University because my mother lives not too far from there. And I took my son and we walked through the radio station. I saw one of my old professors and uh, he actually saw that award on the on the wall at the studio, which is really cool because uh, he, you know, he, he doesn't obviously know what what I did, uh, but I was great. Really, really great recognition because it was a national award too uh, for university co- uh, sports coverage, which was great. Nice, nice. All right, well, moving forward, sort of what some people don't know is um... – once upon a time, before MBL one arrived, you yes. were uh, <laughs> that there was such a time. Believe it or not, it was. Yeah, uh, you you were commentating the QSL in the old Siebel days. H- how did that uh, How did that journey start, and uh, how did that all uh, come about? Yeah, well, that was interesting. Um, you know, when I moved here to Brisbane, um, I. I guess uh, ignorantly thought I would get work in television. I was working in TV before I came uh, to Australia, but I didn't really realize that there wasn't a lot of television production work (laughs) here uh, in Brisbane. So uh, I ended up getting a job working for a state government agency where I met Dave Derwin. You know, everyone knows Dave in basketball. And, um, you know, Dave just is a great guy. He's one of my best friends. And, he kind of got talking to me and said, Hey, you know, I coach basketball. You want to come around? And he brought me over to Pirates. I was an assistant coach with him uh, at, we were, it was our under 14s. Uh, and we had a great team then. But through that, that's how I kind of got exposure to what was before NBL1 was the QBL uh, and Siebel. So I kind of got introduced to that game through Dave. Uh, and, over the time and and kind of watching it, I, I really found that the league was was just a really good league, but it wasn't getting much, if any, coverage at all. And um, I had I eventually, I I actually actually lost my job working for the state government, and I just thought I would take the opportunity to kind of get back into doing some radio stuff. And I went and did some volunteer work out at a community radio station out at Redlands where. Um, my now friend John Devine worked, uh, and John at the time was doing a lot of his own commentary as well for uh, local rugby league and local cricket competitions. And as I started to learn from him what he was doing, I thought, man, I can do this for the QBL. And you know, because of the connection I had with Dave and the Pirates, I, I put a proposal to the Pirates around just doing audio commentary. So we did uh, a season of just the parts home games and it was just audio commentary and it was Dave and I, and we had heaps of fun. 
And then uh, eventually my mate John Devine started doing video streaming. And again, similarly, I worked with John and we covered, uh, I think the first game that we covered was actually uh, Capitals versus Gladstone Power, uh, QBL semifinal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had the camera, we set up in the stands just like we do today, right? I think I've seen that, yep. <laughs> You've seen that set up, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah so we, we, did the, we did the live stream uh, of that semifinal game. We had a great response to that. Uh, I then put a proposal forward to Basketball Queensland to do a game of the week every week. Uh, and, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. It was something that, um, you know, I never really thought that anything of it. I, again, I was doing it more just because it was a lot of fun. No one else was doing it at the time. I, I genuinely think that we were one of the first people to do live streaming of basketball. Uh, and, you know, to see where it is now, it's just been awesome. But just really, really lucky to have met Dave and John. And, and really, everyone's been really accepting. And everyone was really open to the opportunity. So, you know, it's it, it was supported. Uh, I mean, I had players and coaches after that semifinal that gave me a lot of, you know, quotes and let me really understand how important it was to the players and coaches and fans and um yeah it was just really awesome i can't believe it it's been almost 10 years now yeah yeah it's uh <clears throat> it's been a minute and it's one of those things <laughs> when you uh when you listen to certain games uh, there's certain voices that that feel right and uh yours is one of those so uh, cheers thanks for that. that that's all right <laughs> that's all good um now you also did uh did some time uh, on the court side of uh mbl what were some of the yep. uh what would you say would be one of the greatest memories or perhaps insights um, that, that you had in your time there on the on the sidelines of the NBL? Well, it was uh, quite interesting how that came about. It was a very very uh, late call up I got for that first uh, that first season, and uh, I had never really done stuff on camera before. So I got to admit I was really really uh, nervous and really anxious, but excited by the opportunity. And it just so happens that the first game that I had to do was the very first game of Brian Gorshin's return to uh, the NBL as the head coach of the Illawarra Hawks. And, mm-hmm. you know, here I am uh, on my first time doing the sideline reporting, interviewing you know, the greatest coach probably Australia has ever seen, obviously the current national team coach, multiple championships. Uh, so that was something that, that I'll always remember. Uh, that was a great experience. And, I have to say all of the coaches and all of the players were really, really supportive of me. Everyone was really open to have conversations and chats, both on air and off air and uh, officially and unofficially. Uh, So those are things that, that I'll always hold dear. I was, I got to know quite a few of the coaches and players who I I still keep in pretty close contact with as well. Uh, And another great memory that I have was, uh, obviously, Andre Lamanis was the Australian Boomers coach as well. He was the coach of the Brisbane Bullets. And uh, I had an opportunity to speak to him on his last home game with the Bullets before he left for Japan, which was something that was really special for me also. Um, you know, I, I spoke to Adam Gibson when he, you know, I think it was his 300th or 400th NBL game. 
um, just yeah, uh, just a lot of great memories. Getting, but for me, the, the really the best stuff was getting to to know the players and coaches probably a little more in depth than uh, what I had known before. You know, we we had seen a lot of play, players and coaches come through the QBL and the NBL one, so I did have some relationships. But uh, getting to see them. And, you know, because I was doing stuff in Cairns as well. So I would travel, I would see the players on the plane or I'd see them in Cairns walking through the streets and stuff like that. Uh, so those were probably the best things for me. And, and in particular, those two or three individual interviews that I was able to to do were, were really special for me. Nice. Now, another season's wrapped up here, uh, up here in the NBL One North. Um, and, and obviously, uh, <clears throat> you, Benny, and Darrow are on the uh, the men's broadcast. Just quickly, yep. um, uh, obviously, it was it was you know the the first time in the NBL One North that it went to three games, which was great. Um, yeah. But uh, where did where did Gold Coast, in, in your opinion, just just fall a bit short? And uh, where were the Ipswich Force able to pick things up and uh, get it done in that three game series? Well, I, I don't really. I wouldn't necessarily say that Gold Coast uh, dropped it. I really just think that Ipswich came and, and took it from them. Um, I really got to tell you though, I was very, very surprised after that game one because I just didn't really get a great sense of Ipswich. They were very stagnant and very individualistic in that in that game one loss, and I thought that was a really, really worrying sign for me. And we then did the post-game press conferences, and I remember speaking to Ipswich coach Chris Riches, and I thought he would be a little more disappointed. And don't get me wrong, he was disappointed, but his confidence for me was at the in that moment was was very surprising to me because of how they played. Uh, but one thing that he said to me that really stood out was, you know, we're lucky we get to come back and, and play again tomorrow. We know we played our worst game possible and they probably played their best game. So the confidence he had was was really uh, impressive, in, in my opinion. And I just thought they, they kind of just flipped the switch. You know, I think that was the best that we've seen Ipswich play all season. They were very inconsistent. They were very, obviously, super talented, more talented. I would say probably the most talented team in all of the NBL one in any conference when you look at them on paper, but they just never really seemed to click, but man, they clicked in the, in the bet, the best time possible, <laughs> even after digging themselves a hole. I, I just felt that um, not, not just that the talent was a little too much for Gold Coast, but the way that they played with the intent of being aggressive, being physical, uh, and not allowing Gold Coast to get comfortable uh, and, and really kind of putting them on the back foot and never taking the foot off the pedal. That, to me, was the difference between game one and then game two and three. I, I really thought there was a moment when Blanchfield got that massive dunk on Deng Deng. Mm. I thought, wow, this is this is going to be a momentum changer. Here comes Gold Coast. But Ipswich really kept a very, very high level of energy and intensity in the game, particularly in games two and three, and they didn't get rattled. They didn't get knocked off their game. They were focused. They were inspired. They were physical, uh, and they really just took it from Gold Coast. I don't want to take anything away from Gold Coast, but you've got to give all the credit to Ipswich because they were phenomenal. Yeah, that look. 
They definitely were, and it definitely felt uh, watching it as if there was an absolute, uh, as you said, like a switch flip between game one and, and game two because Ipswich generally just came, felt like they came almost came out of nowhere and that Blanchfield dunk. Yeah. <laughs> It was huge, it was and awesome. then the reaction that went with it, it was like, "Oh, that's going to be a you know that that's really going to move it." And yeah, good, got to give it to the force. They they didn't allow that to happen, which was yeah, really awesome. Um, and mate, I, I I do also though just sorry yeah. to cut you off, but you know Jason Ralph to me was a massive difference maker in the two games as well. He was super aggressive, getting his feet in the paint, keeping his dribble alive, and he hit shots. Uh, but I really think it it all started and ended with the MVP Nathan Selby. He was fantastic in, in in those three games, and you know obviously shows why he he's got a bronze medal at home. Indeed, rose gold. I think you'll find that yes. one is yeah, Sorry. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, NBL One Nationals. Uh, what are your predictions with uh, with with the Wizards and the Force heading over? What are you feeling? Uh, you know, want to be bold here or? Uh, <laughs> What are your thoughts going into the into the tournament? Well, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I do think, and people probably think I say it because I, I'm covering the competition, but I really do think that we have the best conference in the entire country. Uh, top to bottom, I think we have more talent, I think, than, than anyone else. And I really do think that both of the teams could potentially make some noise. It's really, really hard to tell, though, or to make a legitimate prediction because we don't know who's actually going to be going, getting out there and what other teams, who, who they're going to have as well. Um, you know, there are potential people missing for both teams. Uh, and obviously you know, we have a lot of high end talent, so it's really tough to say. I, I like the wizards group. I think that they could potentially win it all. I really do think that uh, again, depending on, on who they have and, you know, Ipswich as well. I mean, I just said it just before. They have more talent than anybody in any conference. And if they play the way that they did with that group at Nationals, they're going to be really hard to beat. The question is, though, are they going to have everyone there? I don't know. So it's really, really hard to say. I'm just excited, though, because these type of events are really unpredictable, as you know. I mean, you you were there last year, and I think people were surprised at the talent level from other conferences as well as what was there at NBL One North. So uh, I'm mostly excited, though, to just get out there and, and to see the competition, see what these other teams are like in person. You know, I watch a few of the games throughout the season, and, and there is a lot of good talent out there as well. I'm pretty confident that the North teams can, can make some noise. Uh, I'm also interested, though, to see how – the time off between the grand finals and then going out to national impacts them. Cause I, I don't know about you, but what did you experience last year? Uh, look for me, I found it really interesting um, in the sense of, cause you watch the individual conference, you know, grand final games and you, you know, get, catch as many of the highlights and different things as you can. But then of course, last year with all the NBL uh, and uh, a lot of the, uh, uh, female players not actually being able to make it some of those really top stars uh it was basically who could survive that and have their team come through losing those players uh, yeah. the best and that's yeah. why rockingham were able to get it done because they only uh they only lost one 
uh, excuse me, one of their top players, a lot of their other NBL, uh, NBL talent had technically sort of retired, stepped away from that level of game. So they were right. able to keep that uh, that main core and really that that heart of their team and, and roll through some of the oppositions who unfortunately lost uh, lost big chunks, uh, like Hobart, for example. They lost um, Harry Froling and then uh, uh, Shea. Um, and then, yeah, obviously uh, Jason Kadee, um, uh not playing for the Rollers uh, as well yep. as Tanner Krabs and like it was just it felt like everyone else had the two or three players missing where they were able to come through it a little bit cleaner uh yeah. keep that core going but yeah you know, yeah well it was still great, I, I, do great think, tournament. I, I do think you know if that is the case that you know we lose nbl talent at nationals which would be really unfortunate i still think ipswich has has a pretty solid group you know we we kind of sometimes forget about guys like Matt Hodgson, who's played, you know, he, he's been a boomer as well. Uh, he, he's played for Australia. He's a, a very talented guy. Deng Deng is not on an NBL contract at the moment. So, you know, maybe uh, he, he should be available. And he was phenomenal, particularly in that game three. Uh, you know, Jason Ralph, Cameron Goldfinch, that's still a really talented Ipswich group. I think that, uh, again, I think that they can potentially do some damage out at a nationals. And again, you know, with the wizards, we're not a hundred percent sure if Courtney's going to be there or not. I hope she is. Uh, but if she's not, they still also have a ton of, a ton of talent and, and could be really competitive. So I'm excited to see what these teams do at nationals. I think it's going to be a great tournament. All right. Mate. Uh, that almost wraps it up. I've just got a very, uh, I cracked a pack of some from our local card shop of Wool and Gabber. If you've got a little bit of time left, I'd love to just, uh, of 2022, 2023 tops cards. Would you believe it? I opened the eight and there's four NBL one North players. So if you've got a couple of minutes, the way this works is I read the back of the card and obviously I don't say the name of the player. There are some uh, genuine clues in these bad boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously you're pretty sure you'll, you'll probably nail these, but uh, I'll just hit you with these ones. But thanks again to the local card shop of Wool and Gabba for this one. All right, first card, uh, the younger brother of Adelaide 36's player, Kyron, was born in Townsville. Feel free to buzz in at any time if you think you've got it. <laughs> I believe it's Jalen Galloway. Correct. Sometimes they're yes. easy. Sometimes they're a little bit, a uh, little bit trickier. Well, I'm glad you got me an easy one off the start. <laughs> at least I know I got one in the bag. Here you go. Uh, somebody joins the Kings after three injury interrupted seasons at the Taipans in 2020. With... Quite There we go. He's on fire. Yes. Uh, Two from two. The Jack Jumpers winning record increased last season when somebody was injected into the starting five and his efforts won him the JJ's Best Defensive Player Award. Matt Kenyon. Matt Kenyon. And last one. Somebody's length makes him a constant threat from downtown. He led the Taipans in points scored in 2022 and set uh, four new career highs along the way, including a new personal best 30 piece against the Bullets. He has increased his scoring every season with Cairns. Oh, man. Why, why am I blanking? This is terrible, Mel. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Footlocker player of the game from uh, player of the round from earlier in the season. Absolutely huge. 
on the south side of the city. Man, I'm blanking. I can't believe this. Oh, Majoktang. Majoktang. I can't believe I <laughs> can't believe I blanked at that. Trust me, mate. I have had to give way more clues than that. It's <laughs> it's got down to the point where I've had to rhyme things for uh, people in uh, in the past. So don't. Oh, uh, I, I hope I, I hope I didn't go too quickly. Then <laughs> I'm not no. going to ruin the sponsorship, am I? No, 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 not at all. Local car shop right. Wool and Gabba uh, is a great fan of the show. The the Rob down there absolutely loves us. So we'll be all awesome. good, mate. That was uh, super speed round, uh, but. Look, huge thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. One more question before I let you go. Got to yep. ask this. Who should we get on next on to Ball Don't Lie Australia? Oh, mate. Uh, it depends on what you want to go for, but I reckon you should get someone uh, to talk about what went down at Nationals next week. So maybe someone who stands out from the Wizards or, or the Force uh, at, at WA. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Mate, th- huge thank you for joining us. A huge thank you for having me. I really appreciate it and really appreciate all your kind words and support of me also. Really, really appreciate it. No worries at all, mate. It's an absolute pleasure. That ball don't lie. Never does. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings episode 134 to an end. Huge thank you once again to, of course, Local Car Shop for Together and PCR Maps. If you want your business ranking on Google Maps, <clears throat> please do get in touch with PCR Maps. Give them uh, a quick Google or go on to pcrmaps.com. Uh, thanks again to John Guana for joining us. Huge thank you. And if you are on the if you are on the socials and haven't given us those likes and follows and shares and all that kind of stuff, please do jump on and do that. And if you are listening on a service that gives five star reviews, please very much do go ahead and do that as well. That stuff really does help. Um, As we are now up to, uh, we're we're spreading the love here at Ball Don't Lie and we're now up to 37 countries around the world have tuned in to Ball Don't Lie Australia. So a huge thank you to everybody who's shared and all that kind of stuff. And that, like I said, that five-star review stuff really does help. So please keep flicking that, doing that stuff for us. All right, but that is going to wrap us up here. So huge thank you once again to to John Guana for for jumping on. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, just remember that ball don't lie.